As we think about Mother's Day today, and happy Mother's Day to all of you, and uh, what a great opportunity we have to gather on this day you know, to worship together as family. But one of the things that parents do, but I think especially moms, is if you're a follower of Jesus in any kind, maybe even if you're not, you pray for your kids. <laughs> you pray that God might protect them. You pray for good things for them. And you know, you always tend to have, maybe, maybe you do, that, that one that needs a little more prayer, right? And now you're all wanting to know which one of my children am I going to single out for that. And I don't mean because they're like going down necessarily wrong paths or something. In this case, it was literally physical protection. <laughs> and as we call one of my kids, I was just thinking about this this morning from the time he was little and, and he got out of the house and we used to live just three doors down from Street Road and he got out of the house and we didn't know it and we didn't know where he was and we were panicking because if he went towards Street Road, that would be horrible. And so, of course, we're out scouring the neighborhood and found him a couple doors the other direction in the backyard playing with somebody's hose. So we were very thankful for that. There was another time where we were celebrating a birthday, and I went out to the car to get something out of the car and crossed uh, a road and told him to stay, and he chose not to and ran out behind me just as a car was coming up the road and uh, hit their brakes hard, and uh, oh, yeah, terrible feeling, right? And I was, thank the Lord he was okay. There was the time where he got caught in a rip current, and then that was, uh, you know, God protected him during that time. And the list seems to go on and on as I was kind of thinking about this. And I think it's somewhat of a miracle that he's still with us today, but I'm very thankful that he is. You know, there are times where we do recognize, as parents, there are limits to where we can be and what we can do, right? And we pray, we say, God, would you please watch over my kids? Would you be where I can't be? Would you help them to make decisions that, yeah, I'm trying to encourage them to make, but you're hoping that they'll make, but ultimately you trust the Lord's going to guide them in their lives even as they make their own choices, and we recognize as parents that things don't certainly all work out the way we might choose or want to. There's pain involved in many times in parenting, but there's a lot of joy and a lot of things that we see God get to do as well. It's certainly one of the most challenging things in our lives. And so this idea of prayer is what we've been talking about for the last three weeks. We're doing a series called Teach Us to Pray. It's on what we often refer to as the Lord's Prayer. And in this prayer, it's not that long. It's only about 50 words or so. But there's so much that Jesus packed into this prayer, and it's important because it's him teaching us how to pray. So it's not us necessarily coming up with things on our own. It's we can go to Jesus himself and say, how do you want us to pray? And this is what he teaches us. And we talk, we've talked about the fact that in many churches, this prayer is actually said every week. And there's, that's great. That's wonderful. At the same time, it's, it's not always necessarily that these exact words need to be said, but the themes that are represented in this prayer are strong themes. Some of the things we've already looked at, we started a couple of weeks ago. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And over the last couple of weeks, we've seen that the prayer starts not with a focus on us, but with a focus on God. And we need to orient ourselves when we come in prayer. We need to remember, who are we talking to? Who are we talking to? Yes, it's the God of the universe, but it's also someone who desires to be our spiritual dad. He wants to have that family relationship with us, and we've talked about the fact that that relationship comes through trusting in his son, Jesus. 
We want his name to be respected in this world. We want his kingdom, and we talked about this last week, that his sphere of influence, his sphere of authority would be established on this earth. And just like in heaven, when, when God says that it's done, it's, it's, heaven is a place where God's will is done perfectly all the time, that our desire would be to see earth become more and more a place where God's will is done, especially in my own life. So today we're going to turn the corner a little bit. If you have a way to look at scripture, I encourage you to open to Matthew chapter 6 on your app or with your Bible. Matthew chapter 6 is where we find this prayer, and we'll look at a couple places right around this as well today. And as we move on in the prayer, we now kind of, again, make a, a change here. And the next line is, give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. And the prayer now changes focus from your and our focus on God and what he wants and praying that his will would be done to now to us. And in this next section that we'll look at today and over the next couple of weeks, it contains three requests. And we're going to look at the first one this morning. When he teaches us to say, give us, it represents a request for something. It's not wrong to ask for things. In fact, for some of us, this is what we've been waiting for in the prayer. When we pray, we start with this. <laughs> God, would you give this? And, and that's not necessarily from a greedy standpoint. It certainly could be, but certainly maybe a needy standpoint. We just, we need something from God. But we need to understand it's, it's not wrong to ask for things. Jesus' followers, he encouraged us to actually to do that on a regular basis. God tells us through the Apostle Paul, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. In every situation, present your request to God. Ask. Ask because your dad, your heavenly dad, wants you to do that. Now, we'll come back to the relationship between worry and prayer a little later, but notice that we are encouraged to ask. When you read through the Gospels and see the teachings of Jesus, you'll notice different places where he talks about prayer. In Luke 18, Jesus tells a story of a persistent widow who just keeps asking for justice and she won't give up. And Jesus points to her as an example and says, in the same way, you need to keep praying, keep asking, and not give up in your prayers. So ask. And Jesus teaches his disciples to ask for their daily bread. Now, what's so significant about that? Well, bread was the staple food of the time. Just about everyone ate bread. So that was very common to them. Today, most of us hardly give a thought to where our next meal will come from, right? We don't, we don't generally think about other than it might be what are we going to make or what are we going to order out or what restaurant are we going to go to or whatever the case. That might be how we think about it, but we generally aren't thinking about where our next meal in the sense of are we going to have a next meal. But for them, that was a very common thing to think about. For some today and most in that culture, people lived almost day to day. They were paid daily, often for their work, because they literally needed that money to buy food for the next day. No insurance, no government assistance, most had no savings. They literally, most people lived from a day-to-day -day subsistence. So when Jesus said, pray, give us today our daily bread, it would have also reminded them of something. Remember, this was a predominantly Jewish audience that Jesus is speaking to, and they knew their Old Testament stories. And so when Jesus teaches them and says, give us today our daily bread, notice those emphasis, they would have gone back in their minds and they would have remembered a story, a very famous story from their history. It would have reminded them when they, as a people, the Israelites were coming out of Egypt 
And just to give you a little sense of what was going on, they just witnessed God do these amazing miracles, these, we call them plagues, in order to allow them to leave Egypt. So they'd seen God work in powerful ways, and now they'd come out of the country and they're, they're traveling through the wilderness. And as they're traveling through, they're, they need water, and they come to a spring, and the spring is bitter, they can't drink it. And so God tells Moses, take this piece of wood and throw it in the spring, and it becomes drinkable. And we look at that and we're like, what in the world is going on there? Don't worry too much about the detail of it, but the point is, they needed something, they didn't have it, God provided. And he was going to, through this time of their wandering in the wilderness, do this over and over and over again. It comes to a point where they are looking for bread, they're grumbling about their lack of food, and God promises to provide bread from heaven for them, and he gives instructions as to how this is going to work, and he says, look... I'm going to provide every day there's going to be bread on the ground. It's going to be dew, and when the dew evaporates, there's going to be these flakes on the ground, and you're going to go out, and you're going to gather them, and you're going to, you, you do whatever you need to do. To, that's going to be your food, and we might wonder what that was like. They describe it a little bit. They called it manna, which means what is it, because they didn't know what it was. It tasted like a, a poppy seed or sesame bagel with honey on it. Well, maybe not exactly, but something like that. That's kind of how it's described. So the people gathered what they needed for the day, and when the sun grew hot, the manna would melt away. And the next day, they would go through this all over again. But there were some specific instructions that God gave, and he said, listen, when you go out and gather what you need, only get what you need for the day. Don't try to take more than what you need for the day, because tomorrow, it'll show up again. And so there's, there's a sense, and actually says in the text that he was testing them. What was he testing? God wanted to see if they would trust him to provide because all, he knew what was coming and he knew that this was just the beginning of an opportunity for them to trust, them, trust him in a journey that would end up encompassing long periods of time. But of course, some people kept more than what they needed and they kept it overnight. And the next morning, they discovered that it had spoiled and there was actually maggots in it. So collecting more than what you needed didn't work. But there was another rule. God said on the sixth day, you are supposed to collect double. Collect double what you need because on the seventh day, which was their Sabbath day, was meant to be a day of rest, a day of ceasing from work so that they could worship together, be with their families, that kind of a thing. And so they were instructed on the sixth day, that is a day you are supposed to collect double because on the seventh day, there's not going to be any. There's not going to be any manna. There'll be no what is it. So when you go out, I'm just telling you, it's not going to be there. Well, what happened? People went out on the Sabbath day and looked to see if there'd be manna. And there wasn't any. So what God's doing is he's, he's testing them, teaching them, do what I tell you. And if you'll trust me, I will take care of you. And he's also letting them know that it's very important in his economy that when you work, there needs to be a break from that work. There needs to be a period of rest in your life on a regular basis for you to focus on worship and family and other things. How do we need to hear that message in our culture today where we are often wrapped up in work so much that we don't have any rest in our lives? Because why? Often we're worried that we're not going to have enough. God wanted to teach them that they could trust him. The Israelites were without their most basic need, food. 
And God provided each day what they needed. They had to depend on him to show up again and again and again and again and again. For 40 years, God provided manna each day for them. Until they entered into the promised land and the need for it stopped. They woke up every day thinking, God, I need you again today. God, I need you again today. And we might look at that, we might, how, much, how many of us wake up in the morning and one of our first thoughts is, God, I need you again today. I needed you yesterday, I needed you the day before that, I'm going to need you tomorrow, but for right now, God, I need you today. And we live in a culture and we live in such material blessing that it's easy to forget that. We have enough for more than one day. We have enough in the bank for maybe years to come. Who knows? But for a people that lived from day to day, they were reminded every day, we need you. Are we aware of our dependence on God for all that we need? Are we aware of our dependence on God for all that we need? Now, you may have heard people say, or maybe you've said this, that we're too disconnected from our food today, kind of going in the food motif. Our kids don't know where their food comes from. We go to the grocery store, buy a carton of eggs, some ground meat, a box of cereal, even fruits and vegetables, and I have no real idea of where this comes from. Some people today have their own gardens, fruit trees, chickens, whatever it is, because that idea, sometimes they want their kids to see more closely where this comes from. It's also, you know, of course, fresh without pesticides, antibiotics, whatever the things are that might be concerns that you want to avoid. And we know that you know, food generally comes from a seed or a plant, and you know, we can do certain things to help that plant grow. We can fertilize it, provide it with, the, with sun, water, protect it. But we also know that ultimately we can't make it grow. There's something that has to happen in that plant that, that we don't ultimately have control over that causes it to grow. I would argue it's the way God designed it to be, but it's ultimately God who's causing that to grow. Same way with animals. We can do all the right things to help them, but ultimately, even with all of our work, we are dependent upon God for our food. Sometimes we just don't always remember that. By the way, this is why people like, and not just, but people like the pilgrims had the first Thanksgiving. It was harvest, and they were thanking God that he had given them food to survive. This was a common practice through history, that people would worship a deity, whatever deity they called it, and thank that deity for providing whatever they got in the harvest, because they recognized, whether there was a correct deity or not, they recognized that there was something going on that was outside of their control that brought them what they needed. And that part is correct. Now, let me use this analogy to jump to something else. In the same way, we can be too disconnected from where our food comes and every other blessing. We learn, maybe we go to school, we get specific job training, we get a job, we work, we get paid, we buy our food and whatever else we may need or want. And at the end of the day, it's easy to think, I did it. I did it. I accomplished this. I'm dependent on myself. We want our kids to be independent. We talk about this. Self-reliant, able to provide for themselves. And this is a good thing. I am not advocating children becoming reliant upon their parents for the rest of their lives. 
with adult children right now, I'm highly encouraging that change. And it's happening. I'm thankful for it. Much of this is good, but it's only half the story. In the midst of all this self-effort, do we lose or forget the truth that we are ultimately dependent upon God? Even on our best day, with our best effort, where everything that we're doing is going right, and it's so easy, look, look what I've done, look what I've accomplished. Do we stop and recognize that even in the midst of that moment, ultimately, it's God who has allowed that to take place? And this tendency to forget can be dangerous. Going back to the Israelites, God dealt with this tendency to forget where our blessings come from. So fast forward, we were just talking about the beginning of the Israelites' journey. Now we're going to talk about the end of their journey. This is after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. They come back to the promised land for a second time. This time, you know, God wants to take them in like he did the first time, but they wouldn't go because they were afraid of, of who was in the land at the time. So now it's time for them for round two. And as they get ready to go into the promised land this time, God gives them a warning in Deuteronomy chapter 8, he says this, Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Now, stop there for a minute. Why, why would they forget? In the wilderness, God provided them food. He provided them water. He made sure their clothes and their shoes didn't wear out. He protected them. They have seen God act on their behalf over and over again. How in the world could they possibly forget God? Listen to what he says. Don't forget, otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large, and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. Out of the land of slavery, he led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and to test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember, the Lord your God for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. God gave us the mind to learn, the body to work, the opportunity to get a job. Even the smartest, most talented, hardest working individual is ultimately dependent on God for his or her daily food. We just don't always recognize that. Whether you're living paycheck to paycheck or have enough in the bank to live comfortably for many years, God is the one who provides. And we must not forget that. Give us today our daily bread. We are dependent upon him each and every day. And living with an awareness of our dependence on God should not make us work less hard or just sit back and relax. That's not the goal here, scripture is clear about the value of hard work, that we're created to contribute. So we should be doing that. This is not about just stepping away and doing nothing. But what it does do is it causes us to express gratitude to the one who makes our work possible, who gives us not only our daily bread, but in our cases, most of us at least, so much more, so much more. 
than what we just need for the day. By the way, I know this is a practice that, that I grew up with and desire to I continue this practice today. I know many of you do too, but I think praying before you eat a meal is a great way to put this into practice. Before I put food into me, just to stop and recognize whatever I did to get this food, the money I earned to, to provide this food, whatever, ultimately, if I track it back far enough, God provided this food for me. And just to stop and acknowledge that. God, thank you for your provision today. See, when we are aware of our dependence upon God and how he's provided for us, then all of a sudden we become more grateful. We become less prideful. Less focused on I did it and more focused on God, thank you that you did it. Certainly you may have done it through me and through my efforts and through the talents and intelligence that you've given me. Absolutely. But all of that is glory to you, God. So thank you for what you have done to provide for me. It's a great way to express gratitude for his provision. So this first question that we've wrestled with this morning, this simple request raises is, we are, is are we aware of the dependence on God for all that we need? Do we understand each and every day, I am dependent upon God? And that's not a bad thing. That's actually a good thing. But there's a second question I want to wrestle with this morning. Do we trust our Father to provide? Do we trust our Father to provide? Do we? And this goes back to the connection that Paul made between worry. Remember, he said, don't be anxious about anything, and prayer. But with thanksgiving, present your request to God. In that verse, Paul links this idea of don't worry, but pray. Don't worry, but pray. Jesus talks about the same theme a little later in his sermon that we're looking at, we call it the Sermon on the Mount, at the end of Matthew 6, and if you have your Bible open, you can look down a little bit, you'll see towards the end of the chapter, he talks about this idea of where you lay up your treasure. And he says, if you lay up for your treasure uh, on earth, you store up for yourselves treasures on earth, just know that it can be destroyed, stolen, lost. But if you store up treasure in heaven... That's where they're safe and secure. Nothing can take it away. So what's your choice going to be? That's a better option is what Jesus is saying. And then he goes on to say, you can choose to serve one of two masters. Now there's probably more options, but in this case he was specifically talking about two. You can choose to serve money and what money can buy. That can become your master. That's laying up treasure on earth. You get as much as you can here. Or you can choose to serve God and lay up treasure for yourself in heaven where nothing will take it away and he will reward you. And that choice, he says, reveals where your heart is. Where your heart is, there your treasure will be. So if your heart is tuned into God and what he wants, the first part of the prayer, God, your kingdom come, your will be done, then we're going to make decisions that will reflect that. But if our hearts are tuned into what I can get in this life for me, then my choices are going to reflect that as well. And Jesus is simply saying, make the choice. And his argument is that God is a better master than money is. But then he goes on, and, and basically from this argument, he goes on to say, if you serve money, just understand you're going to worry. If money is your master, then worry comes along with that. Because something can always take away what you've accumulated. 
what you've worked for. You can always lose it. And if that is what is most important to you, you will always worry about losing it. Now, if your heart is set on serving God, then you don't need to worry. It's not going to help at all anyway. So why would you do it? Because we've bought into the lie that we are dependent on ourselves. We have to feed ourselves, clothe ourselves, provide for ourselves. And yet we know there are variables that we cannot control, right? If we choose to go down the road of accumulating things for ourselves on this, in this life, just here's a sampling. What if the stock market crashes? What if property values go down? What if inflation continues to rise? What if I lose my job? What if there's a fire, a flood, a tornado, a hurricane, a war, whatever? Don't you feel great? Can't you feel the worry just building in you right now? Right? But these are the things we often think about. Like the what ifs. What if this happens and what's going what's to happen to me and all that I've accumulated? It can be, we know that it can be taken away. So what do we do? We, we worry about it. We stay up thinking of ways in which we can protect what we have or gain more because we never know if we're going to have enough. But I love what Jesus says. Look in verse 31 of Matthew chapter 6, if you would. He says, so do not worry. Don't worry. Saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans, and don't look at it as a put down, pagans are simply those who don't have God as their father. That's what he's going to contrast that with. For those who don't know my Father, if you could say it that way, run after all these things. Why? Because they don't have somebody who's going to provide. They don't have a God that they can go to every day and say, God, would you give me today my daily bread? I, I don't have a God I can trust. I, I'm on my own. I've got to do this myself. So I have to run after and try to accumulate all these things. He says, in your heavenly Father... You who have a heavenly father, you who are in relationship with God through his son Jesus, knows that you need them. He's already aware of your need. So what do we do? But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of, their own, of its own. And what he's saying is, don't be like those who don't have a heavenly father to go to to provide for them. No, you do. You have a heavenly father who you can trust, who has all the resources at his disposal. He knows what you need. He knows what you need. So what do you do? Focus on his kingdom. See the connection back to the prayer? Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Then we ask for what we need. Our focus needs to be on what God wants and we can trust that Heavenly Father, when we make His priorities our priorities, He will provide for us. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Because we have a Heavenly Father who loves us and loves to provide. Not just our daily bread, but certainly including that, but, but all these things. So don't worry about the future. God's got it. Make the most of the present. The problem is we can become just like those who don't have a relationship with God. We fall into the trap of thinking it all rests on our shoulders. We've got to figure it out. We've got to do it. And we know we can't control everything. So we worry. And worry can lead us to miss out on what God wants for us right now in the present. I can't give because I won't have enough. I can't share, because what if this happens? I'm going to be left lacking. 
Do you realize, do I realize that the same God who gave me what I have is perfectly capable of giving me more, of taking care of me? And if he's taken care of me in the past, I've got a good track record to believe that he's going to continue taking care of me in the future. The question is, do I trust him? Do I trust him? Or do I feel like it has to, I have to figure it all out myself? Now, you may be thinking, it's not physical things I worry about. Maybe that's a part of what you're sitting here saying. I don't, I don't necessarily worry about money or material things. I, I worry about things like health, especially in light of what we've gone through in the past couple of years, or, or maybe relationships, or other people, and what's going on with them. You may worry about your parents, or, or your spouse, or a friend. If you're a parent, you probably worry about your kids. <laughs> Most likely, your worst fears about these things aren't going to happen. We recognize that. Most likely, they won't. But most of you just heard most likely, and you're quick to say, but what if they do? What if they do? And I would just say that even if they do, even if someone, if you lose someone very close to you before you think you should, it doesn't mean that God has stopped taking care of you. It doesn't. He will continue to provide in ways that you couldn't imagine before, in ways you don't really understand at times, but he will continue to provide because that's his nature and he cares about you as a heavenly father cares for his kids. He loves you. But when we worry about losing these things, we may miss the opportunities that are right in front of us. Some of us are so wrapped up in worry that we're paralyzed And we can't just live in the moment and enjoy what God has given us and share those blessings with other people and have the joy of being givers because we're so concerned and worried about what's going to happen. Will we trust him? So in asking our Father to give us our daily bread, we're reminding ourselves of how he has provided in the past, and that's important. We're taking an opportunity to express gratitude, or at least we're being given that opportunity, Because as I'm reminded each and every day, God, provide for me today. It reminds me like you did yesterday and the day before and the day before that. And that helps me to be grateful for what he's given to me. We are reminding ourselves of our dependence upon him. That even on my best day, I'm still dependent upon God and the gifts that he's given to me. We can't control all the variables. And it doesn't all rest on our shoulders. And for some of you this morning, maybe that's taking a tremendous burden off of you that you've been carrying, that you think you've got to figure out life on your own. We'll never be able to manage every variable. We'll never be able to live totally in control of our own lives. But we also can express trust in a God who loves us and will provide what we need each and every day. Like the prophet Jeremiah wrote, his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Every day, God, every day I get to experience new of your mercies in my life. And as I see that accumulate, I see that you are faithful. Faithful means trustworthy. We can trust him. Give us today our daily bread. Thank you for what you've already given. I trust you to give me what I need now. And I trust you that you hold all things in your hands 
And whatever you allow to happen in my life, you're a good heavenly father who will provide. So much wrapped up into one little sentence. Let's pray together. Give us today our daily bread. What a great way to start our day, Lord, to be reminded every day that you are a faithful God who's looking out for us, who's got everything under your control, who's promised to provide for us, and that doesn't mean give us everything we want, doesn't mean that there are times where there will be pain and difficulty in our lives, but you invite us to trust you each and every day. And I pray that we would do that. Whether you've given us a lot or a little, help us to trust you. Help us to lean in to a God who loves us. Who loves us enough to give his son to die on a cross, to pay the penalty for our sin, so that we could have life with you forever. It's the best gift we could ever receive. And if you've given us that, at such great cost to yourself. And help us to believe you'll provide us with everything that we need. Help us to seek first your kingdom. Help us to make what's important to you important to us. Help us to experience the joy that can come in living that kind of life. Teach us how to trust you more. And help us to be grateful for the many, many, many times you have already provided. Give us today our daily bread. Thank you, Father, for being a good dad, for loving us more than we can imagine and providing all that we need. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Well, as you go to whatever you're going to do for your Mother's Day, one assignment, if you want to be the smart one at the table, look up Google, raise my Ebenezer, and you can tell everybody what that means when you have your lunch today. I'd like us to read just a passage as we close, and we're not going to explain it, we're just going to read it, but it's an invitation that Jesus made, so let's read this together if we could as we close this morning. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone, or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? He's a heavenly Father who can be trusted. We won't always understand him, but we can trust him. And may that encourage you this week as we pray, give us today our daily bread. Have a great day, everyone. Happy Mother's Day.